So, Nicole, I've been reading this really terrible but amazing book called The Outlaws of Sherwood. Oh, yeah? It's a very important part of my childhood. Uh, Yeah. When did you first read it? uh, 13. I actually, honest God, remember graduating from eighth grade and people were going to go to a party, but I was so lame and I was like, I just want to go home and finish this book. Oh my God, Julie. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty amazing. And it's just as good now as it was then. Welcome to Drinking and Thinking with Nicole and Julie. Cheers, come on in. What you talking the chat from politics? The best six side opinions and lives. You got Julie and Nicole. You know they're on the show, keeping up with current topics just to keep you in the know. So if you're looking for a place to talk, you hit the right spot. We're popping bottles as we're down and on to food with the pot. So raise your drinks, take a sip while you're tipping your glass. This is Drinking and Thinking. Welcome to the podcast. For our listeners, just to, just to let you know, we're drinking coffee today because we're recording this uh, during the day on Sunday, so uh, we didn't want to uh, get hammered in the middle of the afternoon. So why'd you bring up the book about Robin Hood, Julie? A, because it is pressing on my mind. I've got like 100 pages left, and I just want to power read it. It's so good. And second of all is, I thought it would be really interesting to talk about vigilantes. Ooh. So what's yeah. a vigilante? So according to the dictionary, a vigilante is someone or a group of people Mm. like the merry men of Sherwood Forest (laughs) who exist outside the law and yet try to bring justice to the world kind of thing, like in their mind. Mm -hmm. So so people like Robin Hood who steal from the rich and give to the poor, they're they're bringing justice to the world, but outside of the of the 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 law enforcement system, the justice system. You really have that fox on your mind, huh? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> That's, I think that may have been one of my first crushes. I'm pretty sure everyone fox. was in love with Robin Hood the fox. Foxy. They all wanted to be Maid Marian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was beautiful too. I was just so enamored by that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> we digress. Vigilanteism. You don't need to be a fox to be a vigilante. Although a lot of the superheroes are. They're buff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because... You know, most superheroes uh, and a lot of stories that we fall in love with involve vigilantes, people who like bring justice to the world, like those typical stories of like a father who's going to go like taken, taken, taken. <laughs> who's when totally going Liam, there with that. <laughs> when Liam Neeson is like, screw like asking the government to find my daughter. I've never seen this movie, but I get really? the gist of oh it. Oh my God, I've seen one, get- two and three. Ugh. They're all so bad, but they're they're good for action. So and plus, cor- Liam Neeson is awesome. Correct me if I'm <laughs> wrong, but he basically is like, screw the regular channels of getting my daughter back. I'm going to go beat up some terrorists. Basically, yeah. So that would be the perfect example of a vigilante. What is it about these characters that we we love so much? Like all of our superhero movies, all of these action movies, all of these things are all about vigilantes. What is it about them that draws us to them? Like, why do we keep telling these stories? I, I think too, like there is a, I think there is a big difference between a vigilante that is a superhero and a vigilante that is a regular everyday person in the stories that we do tell because, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I think the reason we love them is different because I would say that the reason we love the human su- uh, vigilante, like somebody like the Taken guy character is that we feel empowered when we watch that. It's kind of like a, a cathartic thing where we're, we wish we could fix the ills of the world. We wish we could make um, 
resolve things ourselves without having to rely on the criminal justice system. But we can't. We aren't uh, brave enough to break the law in order to do it. We don't necessarily have the motivation to do it. Like, because, you know, these these stories are about pretty significant crimes, right? It's not just somebody... uh, somebody smashed the window of your car or something and stole your GPS. It's like somebody stole your daughter or murdered your family or whatever. Or the economic system that is currently in place is so wrong that you have to steal from the rich to give to the poor. Or Robin Hood. Yes. the entire economic system. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't feel uh, motivated or empowered enough in order to actually carry out those acts. But we do like the idea of somebody fighting for the common person, I think. I think that's why we really like those stories about the real real type characters who go out and fight for the rights of citizens and, you know, for their own interests as well. In terms of superheroes, though, that's a... I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I would agree basically 100% with you, which is not interesting conversation (laughs) however when you take that because I think we can all get on board with the idea of like yeah we would love to to you know take matters into our own hands where it's like we know you're guilty of sin and yet you fell through the cracks of the system and you know that someone's out there is gonna get you kind of thing the Mm -hmm. bad gonna get the bad guy he's gonna get what's coming to him when it's very clear black and white in terms of who's actually the bad guy and who's not I I mean even we we will ascribe to p- people like you are the bad guy, even if they aren't, because mm-hmm. we like to have that black and white, mm-hmm. like this is bad, this is good. Uh, and I think it's much more satisfying when we know for sure that guy is like the the worst person in the world. They don't have family history or anything like that. And and the yeah. stories about vigilantism, these, these bad guys don't really have a... Mm-hmm. They're not people that we connect with. We connect with the vigilante. And that's also why I think we love watching these stories because we we put ourselves in that position and we say, oh, yeah, we would totally do the same thing. And if we had like the ninja fighting skills of these people, we would yeah. totally be the ones to save the day. And that's another thing is maybe people really like it if, because they want to they wanna see themselves as the hero because mm-hmm. we have such a hero culture. Yeah. And I think that's the interesting thing about these fictional stories is that, you know, they're created in such a way where you are presented with this one-dimensional villain. It's like, why mm-hmm. do we hate the sheriff of Nottingham? Because he, he, his taxes are too high and uh, he's not a great dude. Like, that's the extent of his backstory. You don't know, like, what his childhood was like. You don't, like, mm-hmm. know what his favorite color is kind of thing. You don't care about him. But Robin Hood is such a well-developed character that that's clearly the person you're going to root for. Mm-hmm. Right? And he's super cool. So, obviously. And super you know, sexy. Say, you know, exactly. the tights and everything. <laughs> Wishy tail. What about recipe for bestiality? You oh better calm it down, <laughs> tone it down, Nicole. But or like superheroes as well. It's like you know their whole backstory. You know, but the thing with superheroes, you, like, but you understand like where they're coming from, kind of thing. Like you understand why Batman hates crime because his parents were killed by criminals, right? So the, that's the thing about Batman, factor. though. Like, as much as Batman is technically considered a superhero and a comic book hero and all this, like, I wouldn't necessarily consider him as much of a vigilante as, I mean, as much of a superhero as some of the other characters who actually, like, have mutations that make them 
different than human beings because Bruce Wayne is a human. And so I think that we very much um, relate to him on a human level. He just has all this money to create cool technology. But he is a superhero because he is accomplishing things that are beyond the average person's ability because he has a whole bunch of money. But I think that's a conversation for another day about what makes a superhero because I have very strong opinions about that. You don't need to be a mutant to be a superhero. No, but I think that it does play a role in why we like those films. I think there is a difference between why we like a film well, I wouldn't necessarily consider Superman a vigilante, but why we like, you know, a super powerful non-human person as a vigilante versus somebody like Bruce Wayne. I, I think that there is a difference between seeing them as like, we could do that because despite the fact that we might not be courageous enough or might not have the actual physical prowess or whatever, we mm-hmm. we can see ourselves closer to being able to do those things. Whereas nobody can say, I can fly like Superman. That's just not going to happen, you know? So I think there might be a difference, a possible difference between why we like a vigilante like Batman versus why we like Somebody like Spider-Man, there's a good example, because he's like got a mutation that allows him to climb walls and commit like beat criminals. But they're both equally cherished as vigilantes. But is there a difference between the way we think about them? Perhaps, perhaps it's easier to accept something like a Spider-Man because, you know, that will never happen. So it's easier to fall into that just just, oh, I'm being swept away by the story. And like, of course, he can go and arrest criminals and whatever, because like no one like that will ever exist kind of thing. Whereas maybe like you said, people like the diehard people of the world, that's a little more possible. So you have to stop and think, "Mm." or like the Liam Neeson's of the world. Like, Mm -hmm. ooh, what if I I was led to, what if someone thought I kidnapped his daughter and he just came and punched me in the face for no reason? Like that's a little bit scary because people like that exist, which is something of interest. So it's it's well and good to be swept away by these stories of just like, yeah, the, the good guys get the bad guys. And that's that's great. But these things happen in real life as well. Mm hmm. You like oftentimes you'll hear stories in the media of of people who've taken matters into their own hands uh, for better or for worse. And um, I think that's something interesting to talk about as well. In terms of a a real example, the one that I think about is and this was in the media like a couple years ago was this guy in Toronto whose um, grocery store or convenience store was robbed. And then the robber came back and they basically tied him to a chair and called the cops and, and, you know, like they, they kept him confined until the police were there. So, but there are like, apparently there's like laws in Canada or there were laws in Canada before this happened. You can do a citizen's arrest, but you're not allowed to forcibly combine people. So he actually got charged for forcible confinement, use of a weapon because he had like a box cutter with him or something like that. Um, and restraining and stuff like that. But I mean, in the end, the justice system was like, well, this guy came and robbed your store. Mm -hmm. So we're going to drop those charges. But, um, but at at the time, like he was breaking the law basically Mm -hmm. in order to confine this guy and, and call the cops. So, there you go. There's a there's a real world example. Yeah. And, and that's what's interesting, right? Because in that case, you know, you, you have the witnesses and stuff to say, this guy was clearly going to rob your store. You prevented it from happening and you kind of 
held him until the like the law enforcement could arrive and do their job kind of thing. So that's a good example of, you know, you can't help but be like, yeah, good on you guy, protecting yourself and ensuring justice is served, blah, 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 Well, blah. a lot of people How- really supported it and they actually ended up changing the laws, um, the confinement laws based on this one case too. So like this was something that people were behind the, mm-hmm. the store owner, not the, the thief, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, but then you enter like some more gray areas. Uh, I know. So you always, not always, but you'll often hear these tales of, for example, gangs who in their neighborhood, you know, crime is really low because nobody wants to piss where they eat kind of thing. That kind of situation. So, for example, what, what do you mean by that? For example, Doug always tells the story of the Hell's Angels group that used to live in his neighborhood out east, right? And how um, everyone liked having the clubhouse there because they felt really safe. No one was going to come mess with that neighborhood because that because of that gang presence. Mm-hmm. To a certain extent, that can be seen as like a vigilante type situation because these guys, while not law enforcers, are clearly preventing crimes from happening in that neighborhood however well, also but that committing is a very, their own crimes exactly but however that's a very great area because i think it goes back to the situation of they're protecting the people around them for their own benefit of course but they're also bad people <laughs> who yeah. are committing crimes and committing harm upon others so what are your views on that uh, i don't know i'm i'm not sure because like part of me and again the part that loves those very romantic views of of what a vigilante is but then when you come down to the hard truth of it it's like these people are committing crimes and harming others as well regardless of the fact that they're preventing crime in their own neighborhood so that's where kind of like the gray area emerges so like what role do you think that do you think that we should have vigilantes do you think we should support their efforts efforts in some way even if it is by not reporting them to the authorities or do you think that it's really important that we adhere to the law and see this is this is where it starts to get interesting because if you could say with absolute certainty that these vigilantes are doing the right thing like let's say for example they only uh you know they do absolutely catch rapists you know, let's say this this guy, this guy or girl is out there and she's like, I hate rapists. I'm going to make sure every single one of them goes to jail or, or gets something like gets their knees cap, kneecaps broken or whatever the fuck. They're targeting rapists. That's great if you can ensure that with absolute certainty, these are bad people getting what's coming you, to them. Okay, however, okay, that's a good however, question. However, then you enter the idea of like, what if they're wrong? Not even just that, but what what determines that somebody is a bad person for the rest of their life? Yeah, exactly. Because somebody may commit a crime, like somebody may accidentally, well, not let's not say accidentally, but some some teenage boy, 17 years old, doesn't realize when the girl doesn't want to have sex anymore and ends up raping her. And then he serves time for it, let's say. But then when he's out in his community, he might have to go around and say he's a registered sex offender. And then somebody might come over and like arson his house because he's a registered sex offender Mm -hmm. and quote unquote bad person. But it doesn't guarantee that that person is going to be a rapist for the rest of Mm -hmm. their lives. Like where does, where is the line here in terms of who's a bad person? Somebody who commits murder when they're younger doesn't mean that they're going to be a murderer all the way through their entire lives. I mean, the whole justice system 
is built around the idea that going to jail will prevent them from having these kinds of behaviors. Now, it doesn't mean that the jail system isn't broken, but there, but there's mm-hmm. this like rehabilitative aspect to it that we hope that somebody goes to jail, they're going to change. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be the same person. But a vigilante might not see it that way. They might want revenge because so-and-so murdered their mo- uh, their mother when they were younger or whatever. And so they want to go and they want to give retributive justice on that person. You An eye for an eye, basically. And, mm-hmm. and where can we draw the line? I mean, the whole purpose of the justice system is to ensure that people are innocent until they're proven guilty without a doubt and and if they are proven guilty they serve their time and then they are released into the world Mm -hmm. to be better people technically it doesn't work 100 but this is the way it works in our system right now so having a vigilante come and like get involved like i don't know i don't know if i think i don't know if i agree with real world vigilantes i don't know but on the flip side you know a lot of people do get do fall through the cracks of the justice system for whatever reason they're not caught for whatever reason they are back on the streets before their time um just bad people what makes somebody a bad person i don't know their actions just their actions now what if what if somebody is like um what if a, what if it's a man and he's abuse he abuses all his girlfriends and his wife and all this, but he had a long history of physical abuse himself when he was a kid? Is he a bad person? See, that's really hard to answer though because nothing is black and or white. You know, you can't understand the motivations of the people who commit these crimes. And again, the justice system, just as much as vigilantes, kind of don't t- necessarily take that into consideration all the mm. time. Sure, yeah, you can say it's like, no, but like the justice system is rehabilitative. We help people get over the re- like the motivations for why they commit crimes. Like, I understand we should try to help people as much as possible. And, you know, I don't believe in, in what is a capital punishment. Like, I don't think we should kill bad people. However, there's something interesting to be said for you know, maybe you will curb your behavior if you know that someone can jump out from an alley and, like, punch you in the gut. I don't know. If you're a bad hmm, person. That's an interesting... Um, yeah. But do vigilantes actually deter people from bad actions? That would be interesting. If you know Batman is staring at you from the top of a tower, you're probably not gonna steal a lady's purse. Or if you know that, I don't know, Wonder Woman is is hiding behind a lamppost, you're probably not gonna catcall a lady. I don't know, but but you know, okay, so those are fictional characters. But let's say there's a real person out there who just has a hate on for people who who cuss in the street or something. Okay. And they go and they just come and they smack anyone who swears in the street. I would be black and blue if this person existed. <laughs> yeah, you would be. <laughs> maybe that would curb my my like my undesirable behavior you know if i knew that these people were out there but here's another aspect so if you are um a child rapist Mm -hmm. and you get caught and you go to jail there is a form of vigilante justice that exists within the jail for people who are child rapists okay 
does that deter the child rapist from actually committing the crime? I would argue that it doesn't because the one thing that all human beings seem to have, well, not all of them, most of them, is the idea that they are the ones who are never going to get caught. So even if there was some kind of Batman figure running around town, like there's all kinds of crime in Gotham because people are taking their chances that Batman just doesn't have the time to pay attention to their petty little crime uh, so that he's like off dealing with like the Joker and shit like that, you know? <laughs> so I think that that would be the exact same thing in in a real world situation. Even if we had like a, a Dexter running around killing off people who committed murders, I don't think that would deter people from committing murder because people always think that they're the ones who will not get caught. That's a very good point. And I think that's exactly why jail does not deter people from committing crimes. Mm -hmm. Vigilantism is really interesting and it is very interesting that we love the stories of vigilantes so much, but we don't necessarily condone the actions of vigilantes because mm -hmm. another, um, another vigilante that we could talk about. Uh, mm, I think I know where you're going. What? Just say it. Would be somebody like Snowden or oh, I was Julian Assange there. or, you know, yeah. those are technically vigilantes who have given access to the public to information that they wouldn't have otherwise. Um, but the only interesting aspect of that is that are they doing it to um, to return to the status quo of like or to return like bad behaviors to uh, a lawful state? Because I think that's really what vigilantes do. It's not just about going outside of the law. It's going outside of the law to ensure to that the justice. law is upheld. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And yeah, that's really interesting case. Things like Snowden and and um, the WikiLeaks guy, Assange, because we've reached a, a state now, like, for example, where a lot of us have just accepted that we're being watched. Like, mm -hmm. it's just one of those things where it's like we're accepting it. Uh, some of us are OK with it. A lot of us are not. And these guys clearly feel that it is not okay to keep secrets from the people. It is not okay to spy on them without them knowing kind of thing. But who, who, decides, who decides if that is just or not? You know what I mean? So that's another reason why vigilantes are, are a little bit like are kind of dicey territory because whose law are they upholding? Mm, you know, exactly. like I might think that people who snort in the street should be like taken away That's that disgusting. is that is my justice I like do not hawk do loogies on the sidewalk <laughs> that, that is nasty i'm gonna come up and and uh pull your pants down or something as a as a humiliation tactic you know but that's my justice does it bother everybody no and so why should i be in like forcing my justice upon the world mm -hmm. even though i'm pretty sure most people will thank me for not seeing like giant slum balls on the street that is so gross <laughs> you can't even contain your like vomit that's because i find that behavior absolutely disgusting whenever i see somebody on the street who's like like any any form of spitting it just i want to be like Oh my God, that's fucking nasty. And like really loudly, because I do want to shame them. Do you want to be my sidekick? <laughs> what's my name going to be? I don't know. What's mine going to be? 
the phlegminator. I'll be stop a loogie and you stop a loogie. Oh my god. <laughs> and you can be, uh, I don't know, something to do with tissues. Yeah. Kleenex, Kleenex. girl. <laughs> Kleenex. Stop a loogie and Kleenex, girl. Hitting the streets of Ottawa tomorrow. And I can have a tissue paper uh, cape or whatever. Oh my god, it's so perfect. And I'll just like throw. Co- cold and sinus medicine down everyone's throats like you clearly have a problem lay off the dairy <laughs> <laughs> all right well while we go and get our costumes already why don't we put this out to the audience what do you guys think vigilantism is it good is it bad why are we so obsessed with it yeah name us your favorite vigilante Ooh, that's do a good you like one. robin hood i want to know just uh write us a message on facebook uh, or on soundcloud whatever you prefer and uh let us know until next time, good night. Cheers, come on in. What you top in the chat? From politics, the best six side opinions and lies. You got Julie and Nicole. You know they're on the show, keeping up with current topics just to keep you in the know. So if you're looking for a place to talk, you hit the right spot. We're popping bottles as we're down and out to fool with the fuck. So raise your drinks, take a sip while you're tipping your glass. This is drinking and thinking. Welcome to the podcast.